0: You have it, friends. There you have it. You know those sounds. You know that music. This is the Corn Tigers Podcast. Welcome. My name is Dan Hurd. I am joined, as always, by the two best looking co hosts, the girl could ask for Craig Laporte. How are you, Craig? Interlinked. (laughs) You passed just barely. And Ty Roberts. How are you, sir?
1: I'm fine. I
0: didn't pass. <laughs> Emotional <laughs> yeah. response. Ty Roberts. Yeah, you're off by like a solid 10%. You are way out of scope. Uh, welcome, friends. I hope your scopes are just exactly where they should be. This is a podcast that I don't know if any of us wanted to do. We're going to find out, though. Um, <laughs> it took a long time. <laughs> it did. Well, it took a minute to get back to it, but that's what life is. I mean, we had. Um, you're going to find out at some point in the future that there was a podcast recorded between this and the one you're hearing now, and the last one you heard, you're gonna there's, Spoiler, there's a time, right? there's a loop continuum situation, Flat and circle. you're gonna have to, yeah, you're gonna have to sort that shit out later. I feel bad for you guys, but it's gonna be an adventure for you, no doubt. Um, this is gonna be interesting. We're gonna be talking about uh, a choice by you, Craig, and yeah. um, tell us about the choice you made. I
2: chose uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine.
1: Mm, why, why I picked it. it? Yeah,
2: why did you pick this? I picked it because uh, obviously uh, any true fan of the show would know that we covered the first Blade Runner. It was a choice by one Mr. Ty Roberts uh, earlier. Uh, And I enjoyed that movie more than just about any movie. I had never seen it at the time I should mention. And I enjoyed it as a new movie to me more than just about any new movie to me that I have seen in a very, very long time. And in our conversations about that movie, uh, the sequel had come up and it was always presented as, hey, listen, uh, this is one of the rare sequels that lives up to the hype. And I wanted to believe it and I wanted us to give it a crack and
1: let's let's find out if that's true. That makes my heart sore, Craig. <laughs> What's that, type? That made my heart sore. Why? I just feel great about you liking the movie and wanting to continue the, the thread. Uh-huh. Thanks and that me. I had some sort of influence on that. You did. You brought you brought something nice into my lifetime. I can die a happy for man. For once. Now.
0: I thought you meant sore like injured. Maybe there's like a wealth on it or something. Oh, no.
1: I meant sore like an eagle. <sighs> um.
2: <laughs> I heard it as sore as like five-finger death punch as well. well yeah. No, <laughs> <fine>. no, no. <laughs> Somebody touch your heart? Who touched your heart? Where'd they touch it? <laughs> All right. Show I'm me on the heart where you've been touched. All right, Craig. So, would you say the hype was to be believed or what? Oh, 100%. Uh, I will just jump right in and say that uh, this is probably one of my favorite movies ever. Okay. No Are you serious? And I have not added to like a – I'll say top top five. This is one of my top five favorite movies ever. And I have not added to that list in a decade and a half.
1: My okay. God. That's excellent news.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I've watched um, it three times over the last month and a half. Uh, once I suspected
1: again, this might be the case when you announced you were watching it a third time yesterday. Yeah, I watched it last night. I thought he must like it if he's going to go over And
2: uh, I re-watched a couple scenes while I was taking a dump uh, while working today. Just because I was As like, man, I feel like these are pivotal scenes that I might have missed something.
1: Just so yeah. you're not alone, I'm going to go ahead and – tell you that like watching a blade runner scene while taking a dump has been a thing i've done as well oh. um and not just for the pod like just once in a while it'll just, just I'll yeah. be taking a dump thinking about life and i'll be like oh remember that scene on blade runner and i'll just watch that i mean your legs, legs
0: are numb anyways right you you just just since just... i got
1: the bidet um <laughs> <laughs> watching stuff on the toilet is a whole new experience we have a tushy 2.0 and i just let it run i just let it run. Welcome to BidetCast.
2: <laughs> should, should be a
0: tushy 2049. That's what it should
1: be. <laughs> Use promo code 2049 at checkout. GornTigers.com <laughs> so, slash tushy.
2: 20% off. We're actually going to have a contest after this to see who can sit on a bidet until 2049. Or whoever gets closest gets to I'd choose the next I'd like to announce that I'm
1: recording this pod. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
2: the gentle sprinkle of the white fountain.
0: <laughs> um, so, hey, I want to I wanna ask you actually about that top five list that you mentioned. So, it's been a while since you've added something that to, to, – what do you think the last movie before 2049 was that you added to your top five? So, just yeah. something relatively recent Can in history you, that – Come back to me and I'm going to okay. sit here as, yeah, as yeah. you guys uh, talk okay. and just quickly write it up. Uh, then, then Ty, why don't you tell us a little bit about, uh, cause this is obviously something that, you know, resonates with you, what with having pooped and watched parts of this movie. Um, that's obviously <laughs> a big deal for you.
1: I feel like I would have picked this eventually too, uh, cause yeah. we did bring it up a lot and I'm glad Craig, uh, took the bullet there. Um, but yeah, this, uh, this has just been brought up from prior, prior podcasts for, for us as just being a, a great example of how to do a sequel properly. Mm. And especially a sci-fi sequel. In the world of sci-fi, honestly, except, with the exception of some running series of sci-fi movies, I can't honestly think of um, a sequel, maybe Aliens, as the sequel to Alien would be one of those top movies. And they kind of mm-hmm. went in a different direction. But, but this is just a great continuation of, a, of an arc, a great fleshing out of a story. I, I think the director could get credit here for being a little restrained as tr- try to. I don't see this as a vanity thing because he didn't try to make it too much of his own thing. Like he respected the work that came before it. I think a lot of guys who are assigned to sequels like this, who aren't the guy that um, did the first movie, have the temptation to just Ryan Johnson the thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> ew. <Hey-o. laughs> so out last I one gen- day we
2: we're going to have to cover your thoughts on the Star Wars series just because it hasn't been clear. <laughs> this would really like to know.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? Just, oh, this is mine now and I'm just going to make it what I think it should be. And it's just, you know, make your own movie then.
2: This movie, this movie pushes so well into new territory, mm-hmm. expands on a wonderfully built world from the first one. Makes almost no attempt at paying lip service to the first one with, uh, like, you know, uh, fan targeted Easter eggs. It just moves forward and it does it very well. It's a movie that could exist 100% on its own without the rich background that it already has.
1: And writing some key backstory that is semi fleshed out. And if you choose to, you can look deeper into it. But writing some backstory that Excused the, the differences that some people might pick apart through the fact that one movie was filmed in the 80s and one movie was filmed um, in the, you know, what is it, 2017? So yeah.
0: 82 and 2017.
1: Uh, specifically, The Blackout as being mm-hmm. um, sort of a marker in the between the two movies where it's a, a great plausible scenario that could have occurred that would cause a sort of a cultural reset in a way. That would excuse some of the and then they're not even huge, but subtle differences in the aesthetic, the culture, um, how it sort of plays out, right?:
2: Dan has shaken his head twice. Dan, do you not know what the blackout is?: That's 100
0: percent correct. I don't know what the blackout is. That's a, that's a thing that I thought was uh,
2: that's a big uh, mess.
0: A new word that I don't remember coming up in the movie, certainly not in a way that
2: re- what are you talking about? In a world-building sense. Uh, in a world. It was, it was a like a massive Building stroke sense. that they referenced this significant event only, I think, three or four times total over the course of, what is this, a two-hour and
1: 30-minute runtime? It's about time? 45 hours long.
0: Give or take. It's, it's the world's longest <laughs> fucking movie. i the sense
1: that Dan did not like this film. <laughs> it it's like not in his top five.
2: <laughs> I don't think he um, enjoyed
1: it. <laughs> It's it was visibly pissed off as well.
2: A significant, <laughs> ev- a significant event that they had the restraint to not go back and be like, "Let's do a fifteen minute." This is what mm-hmm. this thing is. Like oh. I said, this this is like a real world timeline where it's like, listen, the cameras weren't on for that. That's not what we're watching, and everything just happens in a very real timeline. It doesn't well, it was jump almost, all
1: over. I hate to use this, but it was almost nine eleven like in its. In, its, in the way it was sort of spoken about. Mm-hmm. And you can tell something went down. And you can even make an educated guess if you're into sci-fi about what it ends up being, which is like a, an EMP electrical mm-hmm. blackout um, <laughs> where data was lost and so on. And the, 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 the time where I think, Dan, you might remember it if we sort of jog your memory on it is when they're trying to search for archives of data and they yeah. use the, the term pre-blackout. Nope. Which is Don't which remember. is um the fil, which is um when they're searching for stuff on deckard and the, Rachel. Yeah. Um and the, the, the archives of data are not intact. Um and they, they, they say that's because it's a pre blackout piece of data. Yeah. Um and that's sort of their biggest hint as to oh something went down yeah. um between then and now that caused a lot of the changes um
2: it was a 10 day yeah 10 day long singular event where all electronics ceased to operate this is explained within this movie this is not background research Fuck off yeah they mentioned the lights went out for 10 days Uh and nothing nothing worked after and everything that was digital that existed at that time memory wise Uh was wiped the bank records were wiped the Uh Data archives, the, guys, the guy, uh, the ugly uh, arch- archivist, uh, who's like a bald guy with no body hair on him at all, yeah. uh, says to Kay, uh, he's like, my mom was really obsessed. She uh, upset she lost all my baby pictures. And mm-hmm. he jokes, well, you, you must have been obviously very cute or something. I forget his exact word. It was hilarious, though, because he does it in his yeah. robot no <laughs> dead emotion. Dead. Oh, yeah. yeah. He says, well, you were obviously very
1: adorable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, let's Dan. What, let's just ask about Dan's general feeling. Uh, cause I think we're about to be shocked here. from Dan. <laughs> I think this is probably one of the best movies that I've never cared for.
0: Um, okay. If 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 I had if I had to guess, like it 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 looks gorgeous. It's, I think enough of the characters are really really good. Um, it, it makes you feel some things, but I just feel like there was something missing from it. I feel like there was uh, there was, was something in the action. first one. There was some action that was missing, yes, but no. I think in the first, so in Blade Runner, and it's hard to not compare the two, right? I think mm-hmm. I don't think you can you can approach this without comparing the two. But I, I think in the first one, there was almost more of a mystery, um, or there was more of a of a of a two forces having to come together and and to atone in some way, which we saw, you know, and and in, in prep for this, I I. I it took me three attempts to finish this movie, because um, like the first one, I almost fell asleep, and it was just like whatever. So I watched the movie mm, one time. I don't like that. I don't like this. One. Uh, no. Hey, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I didn't.
2: Uh, you know, that's kind of how I feel about it. Um, Everyone has different tastes, but go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh,
0: so in the uh, in the in the first one, you know, we were all at least on some plane. Pretty, pretty respectful and and uh, wowed by Rutger Howard's moment towards the end. And it really showed this kind of like question about what, it, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be a robot? Where do you draw the line between the two? And I know I've already gone into robot talk uh, when we should be talking about replicants, <laughs> but- I don't feel like there was that that was here in this one. Like the question what? already got answered, it got poked at. I don't know. I just feel like there was pieces that were missing. That, uh, but it was gorgeous. It was gorgeous, it just, and I really liked. I really liked K. I really liked. Um, I can't. You do think properly K enough. has
1: an arc where he? Oh, where he gets supremely fucking disappointed? <laughs> no, where he makes the, he has he's given the opportunity. Oh, uh, I don't know how we should handle this, guys. How is, we should sort Kate of, of roll up this full information. Spoilers. We have to do full spoilers. Oh, well, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, right? yeah, obviously, obviously, but I just, you know, I, with all due respect, and I'm not, I'm not saying that in a joking way. I, I really feel like you just missed something there.
0: It's possible.
1: Well, I missed this blackout situation. This is a long. I, I will say to address your first thing about sort of the lack of action. Maybe that has something to do with how you enjoy the movie, just being sort of a new relatively new viewer of the first one and us and myself appreciating the movie over a period of time, because over time I think what I came away liking from the first movie had nothing really at all to do with the action in it or those sort of tensor scenes, although they're, they're fine scenes, but what you remember from Blade Runner, what you take away from Blade Runner, maybe it requires some time to sort of, um, facilitate itself in you that's not what I take from that movie at all Mm -hmm. it has more to do with sort of the atmosphere and the the vibe of it and and then that story that you already had did correctly point out about him about the arc of Harrison Ford versus um yes thank you those two arcs and why they're different and the fact that the antagonist in the movie that you feel is the antagonist in the beginning is actually the the human being in the story and that Mm. Harrison Ford has to sort of learn these things that um, the other man already knew. So I feel that while there was never going to be a tears and rain speech at the end of this movie, like there wasn't the first one, because anything, any attempt at doing that would just look like the first one. Yeah, it'd be like a Mad Lib, Blade Runner Mad Lib. Yeah. So yeah. when I went to sure. see this movie the first time, I wanted two things from it. I wanted that incredible vibe, that feeling of it. And I I didn't want that to be stepped on or changed or twerked around or turned into an MTV music video or something, any of that. And I also wanted a respectful ending that didn't try to just redo the first movie's ending, Mm -hmm. but did have Mm -hmm. something to it. I really was, I loved it the first time I saw it because I felt I got both of those, but I even critically looked for them this time as well, because I thought, especially after doing the first podcast, are those elements really there in this movie? Is it, is it good enough considering the legacy of the movie before? Yep. And I really feel that it is because I feel like, I feel like Harrison Ford gets to finish the arc of Harrison Ford of Deckard because we only saw him realize what that life was valuable at the end of the Blade Runner movie. But now he's had a child and he's made a great sacrifice for that child And he's even – then he gets around to putting his hand on the glass at the end and reaching out to his child and in the hope to become a father now. And so, he's completed a beautiful arc, I think, of him having very little regard or respect for life and to really, at the end of this movie, not only appreciating his own but the fact that he has a daughter and what that brings to his perspective. And
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I felt that that was there. I felt – so, Harrison Ford, I believe – miraculously almost over the course of so many years was given a a good arc between two films. And then you got Kay's character, the, the blade runner in this film played by Ryan Gosling, Amazing. Right, who is given so many chances to give up his humanity and just call it quits and do something terrible. Like things are being taken away from him. He's treated like garbage and everything else, but he still makes a conscious choice at the end when he's, basically has no reason to help anyone at this point but does the right thing and makes it makes an actual choice to be a human being help harrison for do something good and then that's his last action as a human being that, and, um, that
2: part is significant too and it's a, the, one of the biggest underlying things i think dan that maybe i don't know if you're not i don't know if you maybe you didn't catch it like the earthquake thing but the question i wanted to ask you that's going to set up what i what I, i'm about to get into is what is the difference uh literally what is the difference between a blade runner og replicant and k's level of replicant what are what are the differences between those two classes as you understand them um <laughs> if you had to do the patch notes from replicant a to K, what's yeah, different I, about K. You don't recall? I don't know. I, I couldn't say you, yeah. Sure. They give you they give you some hints. They're they're early on. Uh it's kind of thrown at you quickly while you're trying to absorb what's going on here. It's uh, in the same spot K, that they tell you about the blackout, I think. <laughs> maybe it must have all been yeah. one speech. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe the kids were yelling in the other room or something. Yeah. I don't know. No. Um k's level of replicant is not made by the same company. He wasn't made by Tyrell, he was made by Wallace. He's gotcha. a he's a Nexus Seven, I think he is. Him, am I getting that right? Uh, Six to or be seven. honest, I think
1: he's an eight. He, he's a newer Wait a
0: generation. Second. Wait a second, new company, but they're using the old model names. Well the took is that? Tyrell they, over. they Sorry. bought it. It's, they bought,
1: it's a new company, yeah, but they bought it, the IP, it's a, it's carrying right? over. It's like you know, if I bought right.
2: Apple
0: tomorrow, okay. I'm still going to call it an you, iPhone. You got it. You got the brand. Work with the brand. Okay. All right. So,
2: regardless, thirty years though, guys, thirty years. The biggest difference is that they ceased to make replicants. So, one of my biggest complaints, if, if you go back and listen to the first, uh, our first podcast about the first movie, yeah. was that this company made these uh, robots, and I'll call them robots. I don't care. They're not humans. And it made them have all the feelings and emotions of a human, mm-hmm. including uh, free will, apparently, because they can rebel. They removed free will. Gotcha. From this model line. After ceasing, this was the change that they made that allowed them to start okay. making replicants again, was okay. these ones obey. They that sounds f- kind of familiar. They yeah. do what they're told. So that is a an additional significant thing that Kay has to work with. And it cr- crops up in some strange areas where you see him, despite his wired-in requirement to obey, yeah. find free will and find the ability to make choices for himself and meet other replicants who have come to this, uh, you know, uh, epiphany and, uh, have figured out that they can be more than just obey. Um, even, in, and you see the people around him work with it too. Like there was a, it's such a small moment, but it kind of hit me where his boss flirts with him when she's having the drink, uh, what's her name? Uh, Robin Wright. Robin uh, Lieutenant Joshi. Joshi, That's, yeah. Robin, Joshi yeah. is like sitting there and she's flirting with him. She has a moment where she's like, Oh, what you know What if happens if I finish this? What happens if I finish this was her line to him. Mm. And I kind of stopped for a minute. I, I stopped it because I was writing some notes and I'm like, What what just happened here? like she <laughs> does she doesn't want to order him to bang him. Because he yeah. will if she does. Because <laughs> she knows that she's got that power over him. And she her interaction with him is consistently to dehumanize him and make him a robot. But even in those interactions when she puts him down at his worst, like you're getting by without a soul. Ryan Gosling is incredible and you watch him uh stone face those moments in a way where you still see his kind of pain to those responses. He knows when he's being treated less than. Mm-hmm. He seems like it's a little bit than a
1: little bit of a little I I a little bit of a little bit I think little bit character- isn't intending to do what she's doing. I think she feels she's, she's being oblivious. nice to him. Yeah. She's yeah. oblivious. She, she's yeah. not trying to be malicious. It's just, obviously, I mean, she thinks she's being nice for considering the fact that he's yeah, a replicant. I'm nice, to um, you,
2: you know, for it's a replicant. an interesting
1: character, yeah. uh, Robin Wright's character there.
2: And I just think that because this, uh, this series of replicants and the ones that have survived, were done with those four years cycle uh, wildlings that existed in the first one that generation will never the be sixes. again and it's just these it's a group of survivors and it's a group of beings built on the survivors to kill the survivors that are made to obey that are coming to their own freedom and their own ability to make decisions and they have that realization it's brought up way late in the film on one of those scenes that i rewatched, where we meet uh freya Freya as a leader, the lady who's tore her eye out so she can't be tracked because she's one of those old replicants who was in the war with uh, Dave Batista's character, um, mm-hmm. uh, who buried Morten? the bones, who was Morten, there, yeah. who witnessed a miracle. Uh, these people, these, these replicants, these robots are human enough to grow. And, uh, I think that's the, that's the, to grow despite of the, in spite of the additional, significant programmed uh, wall that's been put in front of them. This is way deeper
1: than that. <laughs> no, it's similar to like the, the theme joke. of um, another movie I love, um, Gattaca, right? Mm-hmm. Where, I've never seen it. That's yeah, a yeah. wonderful – I think you'll like that movie a lot too. Maybe it'll make the top ten or five. No Gene for the Human Spirit, I think, was the uh, tagline for that movie with okay. uh, Ethan, um, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. The, the way I recall that – being set out was that the wallace corporation sort of genetically engineered the new replicants to be more docile than the previous um generation but um but yeah saying it in that way sort of removing their ability to not their ability to but their their tendency to have a free will is is it's right in the opening and crawl and
2: they use the word yeah. made to obey Obey. Yeah is the word
1: that grabs and describes so, as usual mm-hmm. now, after i've read the sort of the, some of the back story mm-hmm. that came from them prior to the release of this movie i'm, I'm confusing terms that were used in the film versus what sure. they they wrote but yeah the, the the idea is the same they these this generation it's it's worded like they they sort of take out genes associated with a strong will and you could and, and Craig is right where you see it i think most prominently is when he's those scenes with the Robin Wright's character uh yeah. you know, she, she she basically owns him and he doesn't he doesn't really put up a fight and everything that he decides to do on his own he wouldn't dare you know obviously bring up to her but she treats him like a I think duck. he has a great arc as, as oh, I think you're saying yeah
2: and I've, ne- I w- I've i would have never considered myself a Ryan Gosling fan before this i've seen a couple of his movies and he was just serious? kind of yeah yeah i don't he's I, terrific. maybe i had maybe i haven't seen uh, any of his standout work that you had seen before i've only seen one or two movies with him i know my wife made me watch the notebook i know he's in there uh, i did see him in a movie that i really liked now that i think about now that i'm thinking about it with uh, russell Crowe, uh an old like hollywood murder mystery oh what it called? yeah i know the one uh, the good guys i think it was called good guys it might have been the good guys and that was very good but uh, i have limited the, ryan gosling exposure the nice guys and he was phenomenal uh, in was this great. movie, uh, to the point where, like, I'm a fan now. He doesn't have to do anything else; I'm a fan. He was, he was so good in it. But sorry, Ty, I stepped on you when you were you were in the middle of something. No, I'm good. No, okay. um are, are are we are we good? To, and, and it's not that I'm trying to poo poo this
0: because uh, obviously you guys took things away from the movie that I just I, mean, I, I in this point in time I wasn't ready to see. Sure. Um, but I think we have successfully identified that. Uh, there is a significant difference between these replicants and the replicants of the first movie. And without getting too deep into the code here, um, it seems like there was some significant stuff that went on there. I, I might ask, what were some other of the characters that you guys thought were, uh, that were interesting that you really liked?
1: I think we have to talk at length about what joy is. <laughs> joy and love? Joy and... Oh, and Jesus. Is- I just realized... Look- their name are on Joy the nose and on that one.
2: That's the only thing where I was like, oh, "Okay, guys,
1: come on." Yeah, is a miserable bitch, but yeah. Damn. So Joy is a um, a hologram mm-hmm. uh, that's set up in Kay's apartment at the outset of the movie. Um, that's J O I. It's the
0: name of a woman character. Correct. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah.
1: um It's somebody. It's a product from Wallace as well, mm-hmm. which I had some issues with that. Um, that I want to talk about too. But what's the Eula on that look like, eh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it must be good, actually, is because uh, I can't like I'm a, I've been through this movie several times, assuming that his hologram girlfriend he comes home to every day is spying on him. Yeah. However, they don't make it clear. I cannot find an example of any information Wallace and his group got that came from Joy and that's from somewhere else. That was for sure from Joy. Wi-Fi and cell phones almost entirely don't exist in this future universe. Yes. And that's kind of the conclusion I came to as well, which I'm happy to accept. Mm -hmm. This is not our world, obviously. Um, And I mean, it also ties in with how data was wiped during the blackout too. Mm -hmm. I just find it interesting. It's so hard for me to adapt to that way of thinking because Mm -hmm. when joy came up and I've always had this problem watching this movie is I just can't stop looking for ways that this... Device is feeding Wallace, who makes the device, and he's the principal antagonist in the movie, information about what he's doing.
2: Yes, but it doesn't the,
1: appear that that's happening.
2: <laughs> the movie only works if she's not. Right, right. But here's here's the hook to that too. Here's the oh wait a minute he disables her, and love is at her desk just staring at. Hey, is Joy still active? The blip goes off, and she knows right away. Yeah. So. Are they monitoring, or are they yeah, not monitoring? I, I They're just don't know. watching, I have like a the on switch. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it was an that was an odd choice for them to know mm-hmm. immediately that he had disabled his system, because if they can monitor the system, they they know everything he's spoken about. They know where he's going because he has no secrets from Joy.
0: No, even it though I mean, like it,
2: my favorite thing that we find out about Joy at the end after she's been spoiler alert destroyed. Um, <laughs> Joy is destroyed by love. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> the character Joy was destroyed by the character no, I Love. I know, but I, what am I supposed to make out of <laughs> Yeah, point? I know. It's strange. All right, what's what's um, your point? Go ahead. So we see him go and stand in front of the massive modern day billboard hologram of yeah. Joy, and she says a lot of things that we think are tailored to K. When we hear them from Joy. In his room, in his life, when we hear it from his version, mm. yeah, you are special. You should be. She calls him Joe. She gives him a name because he's special. Uh, yeah. But then, generic advertiser TV, you know, a store also demo calls, him him Joe. calls everybody Joe. So yeah. all these moments that we take as this intimate, this is his special tailored companion, turn out to just be the program. He was just he was playing mm. the game. You
0: don't think – hang on. You don't think that he maybe just didn't know how to take her out of demo mode, do you?
1: (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) She was a store use mode. Although he he did his best
2: to find the switch. Those fingers went just about everywhere.
0: (laughs) They sure did. There were some weird moments with her as a character, yeah. Um, I'm so
1: fascinated by her, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I, I I think that um so she was and and we should maybe just set the stage a touch. It's probably a little late in the game to do this, but so uh yeah, so Joy was kind of his hologram girlfriend um and Love was Alexa. the yeah, and and Love L U V was the right-hand uh right-hand man of Wallace, the uh, the chief antagonist there, the 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 douchebag
2: billionaire played by Jared Leto. Neander Wallace, one of the – uh, he was if, – if one thing I've was a disappointment to me in this movie, uh, I kind of hoped for more from his character other than uh, Jared Leto turned up to 12.
0: It seemed um, a little it, – it seemed – I don't want to say flat <laughs> um, because if you're looking for like deadpan, uh, deadpan acting, well, Jesus Christ, uh, uh, um, Harrison Ford to begin with is a low-key actor. Who turns mm-hmm. it up sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling in this movie, we've already stated, is very, very steady and low-key because of the nature of the role, right? Mm-hmm. But he knocks it out of the park. Jared mm-hmm. Leto is on the
2: same note all the time of of creepy douchebag. But it's – like I said, to me, it's at 12 though. It's like he's just a steady, yeah. listen to me opine on my you – know, what I think I... of the world and how it should be. It's so weird because he's got no make... one to
0: play off of aside from robots that agree with him.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, but that's kind of the one of the key criticisms of people in his position of power, anyway, right? That's that they're fair. just in a bubble and that they become these people because they just surround themselves with with yes men. I think it fits the role, and I, as him being the new Tyrell, Tyrell, as him being the new Tyrell, I didn't really expect to see a lot of him. I'm sort of surprised they put a guy like Jerry Leo in that role to begin with. Yeah. I think they did that and then said, well, we got Jared Leto, so he's got to be around more than sort of the Tyrell figure was. But what do it we do be. with him? Well, so we got these sort of like speeches about yeah. how he's frustrated that he can't. A little background on Wallace that was in the movie. Um, he became as powerful as he is because he brought an end to the food shortage at the end of the blackout. Yes. and um, And that put him in the position of power where he – bought Tyrell out and he became who he is. So, you know, he's he's a guy that's he's, you know, maybe the Bill Gates of this world.
2: Oh <laughs> real, no, really,
1: you're you're spot yeah. on with that, yeah. Yeah. So
2: I mean In this movie he's the, he is a villain, but he is not the antagonist. He is not who we're battling against.
1: Oh yeah. He's yeah, that's part
2: fair. he's part of that world and he's a very important part and it's cool to see him. Yeah. But it's it was never gonna lead down to k and wallace you know in a taekwondo fight on an elevated stairway you know what i mean like it was never going to be that he's just a very important part of this world that we get to see like i said i just i didn't necessarily love the character if if there was a weakness in the movie to me it was that like i said he he kind of only had one note and uh I, I got I, it right away, and I was like, okay, it's just going to be more of this every time he talks, and it was.
0: Maybe there's – you guys probably know the answer to this. Uh, why was he blind?
1: Like, what does that give us? I don't think that he – I think he did that intentionally to himself was my guess. Uh, I never really thought that he was blind. I thought that he augmented his eyes in some way.
2: Yeah, I take that, that as like a, a sacrifice then. I think of it yeah, well, as like, like a cyberpunky type digital augmentation like he's saying like maybe it interacted with those things in his he had that chip oh, yeah. location behind his ear right and so I when assume, he okay. so he I think he, that was part of his uh kind of cyberpunky body modification futuristic uh I don't think he was like a guy who was born blind or something like that but yeah, they don't t- explore t- t- it. I don't think I they I,
1: do. I feel like he's kind of looking at a screen all the time I think I know he's making that sort of blind head tilted down i'm not looking at anybody directly in the face kind of look i Mm. i just and i know he used sensors or cameras that were remote and he could see sort of what they were seeing Mm. but i just feel like if he's in that building he prefers to view himself in that building through an interface that he's looking at and that's just kind of what i felt about it i i I, he it Mm. could be you're totally right i could be way over reading that and just maybe he is blind and this is a way he gets around it.
0: Because Tyrell, Tyrell was super, well, he wasn't blind but he had like Coke bottle glasses. Yeah, that's
2: true too. Interesting.
0: I don't know if that's 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 kind of maybe they're trying to do a thing there. Yeah.
2: I was talking with my mother-in-law about leaders of massive organizations and we, we mentioned Bill Gates and if you think about someone like Neander Wallace and a Bill Gates and a, you know, Jeff Bezos is in the news for ridiculous reasons and as are all these super uh super billionaires in charge of massive umbrellas beneath them mm. um and we talked about we laughed about the fact that these guys haven't had a real substantive probably conversation about what is the day-to-day work of their company in a long time you know what i mean like i don't think that these these guys sit in a meeting and have theoretical conversations at this when you're at that high of a level sure. you're not breaking down the day-to-day work of your frontline people who are you know interacting yeah. on a customer level right. once you get that high up it's like we've all been in a company where we get an email from the CEO about something and you're just like dude half of the stuff you talked about has never and will never cross my mind again because that's your job to worry about but it's not really impacting me until you write it down and make it a rule yeah it's but and he just comes across as that guy who only speaks about these big theoreticals oh you know we went to nine planets it's it's so small we need to do more but he does seem obviously very hands-on with the the i guess i don't know if breeding is the right word but we see the the replicant that he's trying to to make come out of uh the whatever weird tube onto the ground and he's trying the birthing to create tube the People birthing, the
0: birthing tube. tube yeah
2: he's trying to create new replicants that can procreate because he knows that it's been done they know about this child i don't think we've really talked much about the child aspect of it other than wow. some that you know the disappointment of k finding out that he wasn't but uh like what a. What a mind fuck of a thing to insert into this that yeah. one, a replicant can replicate on its own, and that it, that ability was lost. Well, not on its own, I don't
0: believe.
1: <laughs> no, no. <it's, laughs> as much as some people have tried. It she does need a partner. <laughs> it's not
2: possible. It does need a partner. Yeah. It does need a Harrison Ford specifically. That's
0: right. Well, I think I think most replicants would prefer a Harrison Ford uh, partner <laughs> for such things.
2: Even okay, even at his advanced age, he's got it together. He really does. Oh, I don't know. I, I was watching that movie and seeing him in a couple of the fight scenes, and I thought it was funny that Kay in a few fight scenes moves like lightning. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? He's got it's very choreographed, obviously, so everything looks super slick. And then you see ford throwing these big slow looping old man punches and yeah. somehow the replicants are slightly caught off guard for it it's like oh do not compute slow speed so he <laughs> lands a couple and then these same they guys just, are, same guys are having registered it, yeah like super ninja fights with uh it's like uh <laughs> the rookie of the year baseball movie where he underhand lobs a ball to win the world series like that's harrison ford and fights in these things they're like well, oh, that being oh, said what am i'm I sure supposed to do with
1: that i don't know i'm sure it looked infinitely better than what we will see when the next Indiana Jones movie comes out. That's exactly where I was going with this. Oh, I
2: was watching no. this, thinking, how can he be filming an Indiana Jones yes. right
1: now? This I is four years a- ago. They're working on that CG old man as yeah. we speak.
2: <laughs> 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 oh my god! This, this is a
1: heavy not- topic. I thought we'd break up the action a little bit with a little bit of game, um, if you don't mind. Let's, yeah. it. let's game it up. Uh, let's play uh, Dan Hurts' Will It Smoke. Here we go. Smoke. 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 Smoke.
0: Smoke.
2: Dan Hurts' Will It Smoke. Uh, I can already tell you. I have no idea what this game is about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's Dan. Um, yep. Uh, help us out here. Can you take the cover off um, the Traeger and tell us what model it is, please?
0: Okay. Okay. Here oh. go. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. And the covers. Covers coming off. There we go. It's a. Uh, it's a. It's a Traeger Ironwood 650.
1: Traeger Ironwood right. 650. All right. Yeah. And today's item is. Yep. A pineapple. Ooh. Open the lid. Uh, place the pineapple in the um in the smoker, please, now. Here it goes.
0: Here it goes. Okay. Hang on. Yep.
2: Okay, so the pineapple is in the smoker. Uh, we're going to pause now for 16 hours, right?
1: No, well, hold on. Let's just carefully observe. Well, it's at temp, yeah. It should be okay.
2: It's at temp already. Right? Those triggers. It's a trigger, bro. bro. It's a trigger, <laughs> it's bro. Okay, like wait, wait, wait.
1: I, okay, we're getting a lot of the smoke smell. What 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 smoke pellet is this, Dan? Mm. Yeah, these are pecan. These are pecan okay uh, Well, perfect choice for the.
2: Uh... <clears throat> I think you might have spilled oh, you know? some applewood in there because uh... I'm it's seeing good. some penetration.
1: Yeah. No, this is smoking. Okay. Okay. All right, guys. Thank you for playing. Will it smoke? Close the thing. Here we go. <laughs> smoke. <laughs> smoke. <laughs> right.
0: Smoke. 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 Smoke.
2: <laughs> Smoke. All
1: right, That's the weirdest beautiful. way to
2: tell everybody that Dan got a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> Big news, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I got a smoker. Um, the food in this
0: movie. So, I, you know what? The food oh. from Blade Runner, the first Blade Runner. I think there was a guy. There was a guy that brought food over. Wait a sec. You know what I'm doing? You
1: th- that was Fifth Element. I'm confusing the Fifth Element again. <laughs> Dan, you don't seem as invested in this episode as some yeah. of our previous ones. Yeah, you might imagine. Um,
2: now, they both had flying police hey, cars. So This is starting fair to sound point. a lot oh like
1: an God. episode I
2: used to li- – a lot like a show I used to listen to a lot about learning and development. When not everybody, where not everybody did the research. Yeah. <laughs> I gleaned it.
0: I gleaned it. <laughs> Uh, but there was, there was. I can remember one, two, maybe food scenes. Where, um, which food kind scenes. of brings us. This is a segue to prostitution, um, where where Kay okay. is in like the oh food you court never,
2: area. Never eat no? a prostitute.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's frowned upon. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, I want to. I want to reach back to uh, Kay's interaction with Joy. We, we reach kinda, back we, around. I want to reach around. Wait, 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 did
1: Dan have a point about the food? No, was he, was gonna, was the he was just was trying to segue three, out three of the dots. He was just trying to connect first and the second dot. we connected to very the wrong well. movie. So we talked about a pineapple so and being smoked, and then you segued that into food. And Then dot two to three there. That's when you kind of you went from food to prostitution.
0: Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Ryan
1: Gosling character
0: Kay. is a prostitute is not a prostitute in this movie as far as I know. Uh Although although he he has to do what he's told, doesn't he? He, Sure. He's flipping through some photos and I actually thought, so let's for a second just, if we could fucking get over the replicant piece of this and talk about the rest of the world. Uh, There was some cool stuff that I really did like in here that I thought was interesting. Okay, calm down. But there was, all all we've talked about is replicant souls. Who cares at this point? We've got it done. It's covered. It's the main Um, point of the movie.
1: (laughs) No, well, not the Dan. Not the movie Dan watched. No,
0: <laughs> there, there were prostitutes. There was food. food and prostitutes. It Dan was, was so talking about food and drones built into flying yeah. cars. Yeah, <laughs> it was like an Anthony Bourdain documentary for a
1: minute. Um,
0: <laughs> garlic, garlic played
1: prominently <laughs> early in the movie. Anthony sure. Bourdain, shout out. <laughs>
0: went too far. Where's that guy hanging out these days? <laughs> oh, gosh. Come on now. No. Sorry. No. Uh, so he's he's eating, eating lunch at his table. He's looking through some pictures, which are moving pictures, like the Harry Potter pictures, I think. Awesome. They? Yeah. Were they moving Very pictures? Cool. That was kind of yes. cool. Um, but then the three prostitutes come over to try to get information from him. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm a Blade Runner. Girls, m- move on. And then the one of them is hired by joy to have sex with him. Now that seems weird to me.
1: Does that yeah, not again, seem that weird Yula to anybody else? The must be fascinating read.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was really weird because it, it kind of, it, I guess it does overlap the whole, um, the whole human, maybe the physical need of a replicant. So are there physical needs to replicants? I know there is like this spiritual piece that we can't seem to let yeah, go of. Yeah,
1: I think but- we I honestly think we've we've gotten to the place where, because we've butchered the, how we speak about them since way back to the first movie, they're just genetically engineered people with, yeah. and in the and there may be differences in the way the first ones were made in the first movie, and now these ones are finally put together. You kind of allude to the when they show the replicant Wallace talks about coming out of a bag. Yeah, you're starting to sort of envision a, a human being just grown to a certain age and then plopped out. And like a matrix sort of situation. Memories. Yeah. Grow a human being to a certain point. Yeah, Add serial numbers on the skull with laser etching or whatever they need Obviously. to do. Yeah. Implant the memories that are manufactured so that they, as part of, I mean, their personality is a result of two things. The genetic engineering to sort of what point them in the direction and then the right memories to implant would be the second component, right? And then you should be in theory, a result of those two things put together. But of course the movie talks sorry to bring it back to this, Dan. The movie talks about that third component of like <laughs> you know, whatever you want to call it, do free will We call or it your the Holy Trinity. Whatever. But um, that's kind of what it is, right? But then they're all purposefully ambiguous about how certain things work, and that's great. Hey, just for a
0: second, speaking of religion, I I did have this parallel that struck in my mind here because I always – I'm not a super religious guy, um, but I'm always fascinated by religiousness in movies or the way that religions portrayed or things that have these like angel sort of themes. Um, And it seemed like the replicates for – Wallace were almost a direct parallel to angels as they're kind of perceived like biblically like they they have no soul per se um which is one of their biggest failings but they're incredibly powerful they kind of have to follow orders they're soldiers basically um i, I don't know it just it just seemed like they're angels without wings um i, I don't know it was just something that
2: I care about that. Mister, I don't it's want to talk about replicants anymore. So yeah, hold on, well, guys. I am talking. About Let's angels. talk about replicants. <laughs> no,
1: I'm sure that, I am sure that was intended, Dan. Uh, looking back at what he said when he was mm. um, looking through that new model there, and then eventually just indiscriminately kills her. Like uh, he sees himself as a god. Yeah. Uh, oh, know, he, he
0: absolutely does. He to, absolutely to the replicants, does. and that's yeah.
1: pretty obvious. But uh, yeah, I mean that the fact that um, I didn't really perceive it. I don't have an understanding about angels that you apparently do, because that makes oh, a whole hell of a lot of sense.
0: Dialed in. I am dialed in. Um, there was a cool scene, and I don't know if there was any cool scenes that kind of stood out to you guys, but the scene that was in the uh, uh, in the casino where Harrison Ford, I, I this is one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie, where Harrison Ford is trying to kick Ryan Gosling's ass, and... And Ryan Gosling's just like, can we just be done with this for a minute so we can move on with the rest of the movie? <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> and,
0: and, Har- and Harrison's got those big old swings coming at him. The old and man just, meat hooks. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. And the whole time that this fight is going on, this this hologram Vegas show keeps glitching in the background, and there's dancers, and there's action, and then music just blares out of nowhere and then cuts out. Oh, I thought sound. that was one of the. I, yeah, I thought it was the coolest scene in the whole Amazing. damn movie because it, it fits. It fits with this sort of dystopian, everything's falling apart situation. But now it's all gone haywire. But it's not going haywire in a proper way because there's no sound in spots. There's crazy sound in spots. I thought it was awesome.
2: Yeah, very
1: good. I love that whole area. And I'm fascinated by yeah. the fact that Deckard has is beekeeping. And what are those bees doing? You've got to have a hobby. Where, where are they getting their pollen? Yes. Thank you.
0: That's a good question. That's a good question. I want to then.
1: It's just one of those things where I was like, okay. Because they show a little plant um, earlier in the film, and obviously that's rare. Super and, rare. And um, you don't really see life. And they talk about the rarity of trees. and yeah. Yeah, the,
2: the human prostitute, the, the, the one who's not a replicant, says, I've never seen uh, a tree before.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, she's a whore, uh, so... At the same time, I, w- w- I want to double back to her in that I thought uh, in my very first watch through, because obviously once you know, you can't unknow, she was my first suspect for she was going to be the child. Really? The way that oh, she stumbled into the story. Mm. Uh, she wasn't intimidated by Kay, despite the fact that he was a Blade Runner and identified as such right away. So I yeah. knew that she... Uh, I hate to use the phrase uh, identified as a human even if she would be part replicant at that time um she was the like I said she was just the first character where I popped up where I was like she's gonna be big and she was for very different reasons but yeah. she was my first initial suspect as the story progressed to she's mm. she's the golden child so to speak I'll throw you this
1: Dan because you complained about the length of the movie and I yeah it's kind of long I kind of agree because I I, I, re, I recognize that if I wasn't in love with where I was in this film, like, and I was just kind of coming at it so-so on what it was and trying to enjoy it as a movie, that it was a little bit long. And I think what I would probably cut, if I had to cut something out of this film, would be just the references kind of tied back to our prostitute friend there, to uh, this, this mm. rebellion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> personally didn't need that to be in there at all that's fair i i don't i don't really because it doesn't it kind of ends it's not like he joins the rebellion or anything It's sounds like k joins this this yeah. group it, they don't really need to exist they do advance a plot point but that could have been done another way like i'm just not sure why they're you know okay they it's sh- we see that more replicants like him exist and and we see that there's more examples of replicants with Will uh, and and to and they go back several generations presumably, but then they just are finished and we don't see them anymore and there's there's no real resolution to what's going on with that. So I do I don't, like
2: them as part of the bigger world concept where, yeah, uh, like I said, I love that this story, like this world, is happening whether we're watching it or not, and I think that that's a big part of that story where. Uh, it's it's just a, a
1: constant that's always happening and i think it, if they were not under your control a significant piece of a third movie then their existence in the second movie would be justified and who hmm. knows maybe that's why they're there i don't know what their plans were or well, we got 30 years before we need to find out yeah <laughs> but in this movie as a standalone or even as a the only sequel to the first one i just feel like if you're trying to shorten this movie it's insane runtime down to something more reasonable that's what I would say, okay, we don't need these guys in here.
0: I think, I think my criticism of the duration kind of goes along with one of the things that I wasn't super excited about in the movie, and in the first one, it seemed like you could, you could stop the movie at any point, and almost everything that you're looking at is interesting. Uh, and and there, was, there was a scale to it, where there were some scenes where they set scale with this massive buildings of the Tyrell Corporation and stuff, massive, massive stuff. But then when they brought it down on a smaller scale, you could see everything that was there. And in the, in the 2049, it seemed like there was a significant scale to it, but that scale almost never went away. Like even in rooms, you were in massive rooms Uh, and they were so big that like there is almost like a mist or a haze that prevents you from seeing what's going on everywhere. Like there's no end to stuff. It it just seemed like there was – I don't know what it was and I don't know – There wasn't as
1: as many um, instances of – like as an example, his apartment, right? Mm -hmm. So so – it mean, didn't maybe do as good a job drawing the line between the haves and the have-nots in terms of the, what types of environments they spend their days in, like okay. because other than Kay's apartment and Dave Batista's dwelling at the beginning, there isn't really you know
2: WWF champion Dave Batista sorry
1: <laughs> because I mean the city of Los Angeles is the setting of the first movie and yeah. this movie we go other places so. But in the city – the first movie does a good job in the city of Los Angeles saying, okay, if you're a suit yeah. in the city of Los Angeles in 2019, you spend your days going from cube to cube. But if you're mm-hmm. uh, a Tyrell in 2019 in Los Angeles, you get this big, beautiful pyramid to, you, that you live in. And we spend more time in Los Angeles in the beautiful parts mm-hmm. and not as much in the maybe the police station or the or Kay's apartment, I guess. Mm-hmm the flip side of it being too long is I would never want them to say this movie's too long. Let's cut the flight scene into the city down by 10 seconds. Okay. That's that. Cause that's like a JJ Abrams move. Okay. Star Trek's <laughs> too long. Let's let's, let's let's, let's, let's make the enterprise fly by 10 times faster than what we had before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now it's cooler and shorter. You know, I didn't want any of that shit to happen. Cause that ruins it. And yeah. um, thank God it didn't. So I, I take a long movie that actually took its time showing us these places. Yeah. Then a short movie.
0: Well, you know, in, in the first one, uh, in, in the first blade runner, it was a long movie. I knew it was a long movie and I enjoyed it. And, okay. and I'm not, yeah. say, not saying that I didn't enjoy this movie. I, I, I think I have said that actually a few times, but, um, <laughs> I, I, like I said, though, it, it was the best movie that I didn't really care for. Cause, cause it, like there's so many great things about it, but there was just something about it that I don't know. I, I felt I like think there something was...
2: that does stand out is we've almost not talked about the main theme of the plot uh, at all. We've talked a lot about this movie. There's a lot going on, and if didn't? you're up, if you're up for all of it,
0: how about that's all um, we talked about so far?
2: Well, <laughs> I agree. We've talked about the concept of the plot, but we didn't talk about oh the uh, actual plot points as much, like the re- the replicant uh, a replicant yeah. gave birth someone's been assigned to find the child and K to a point starts to see signs that make him believe that he is the child we don't know why that is other than taking it at face value I think unless you're a genius the first time you watch this you're intentionally led to believe that uh, like for me it was first the 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 female prostitute was going to be the child the human uh, she, her character has a name because she was significant. Uh, where is she? Sorry, I was Man. just Mar- the moment Mariette, that Kay Mariette was going to be it, and then uh, Kay starts to discover things associated with that memory. And despite the fact that they slid in, hey, the memories are programmed. He even says, "Why would I? Why would I tell you?" When he's talking to Josh he's, "Why would I tell you my memory? It's just an implant." She's like, "Well, yeah. I'm interested. Just tell me. What if I tell you it's an order? Will you do it again? No free will. So he just does it." Um, but he recognizes that that memory is not his but when he sees something connected to that memory he's not able to separate that he loses that ability to to have that self realization yeah. that no this is implanted and he starts to believe something we start to deal with
1: confirmation bias and and those type of things like the moment he, he believes there's something up is when he sees the date etched in the yes, face of the tree because the tree. it's the same date that's it uh, that's the date his from his
2: memory on his horse right. but the memory isn't his and he knows that and he's already told somebody these memories are not mine. But when he sees it, he's like, oh, wait a minute.
1: That's when the hope takes root. Yeah. Hope takes and the the root in this robot. He if takes this the robot, trip to the orphanage. If this robot without horse. free
2: will, if a robot without free will can have hope, hope can trigger a lot. And I think that's the journey we see him go down. And again, we're getting into more of the feeling side of it. But um, the way that they progress and present this story between, like I said, for me, it was uh, um, Mariette and then k for a solid stretch to the point where when he reaches in and grabs that horse and opens it up you're like holy fuck it's him i was like this is a real cool moment for yeah. like i see it. when he was wandering around that was the only time where i was like this is really slow this could be half half of this scene and still be okay like he he walked around that place one step every 8 seconds but he finds it. It's a cool moment. And on that at that point, I'm on board. I'm like, first, I was like, it's too easy for it to be him. That's too obvious. But they did it in a way that I would have been cool with it. But then to tie it together at the end for him to realize, and we've already met the lady who makes the memories, um, Dr. Yeah. What's-Her-Nuts. Um, yep. Should, I'm trying to look at her name. Schlesinger? Uh, <laughs> uh, Anna Celine. No, Dr. Know. Laura Schlesinger? How is she not listed on the first page of the IMDb?
1: Anna, because she's barely in the, in the movie. Jury plays true. Dr. Anna Staline.
2: Dr. Anna Staline. We meet her and we see her react to that memory and acknowledge that that is a real memory. That happened. That really happened to someone. And never in a million years at that point am I thinking she's not talking about him. She's talking about the memory and saying that really happened. And he's like, "Holy shit, that's my real memory. I am the child." And that journey he goes through there is fucking heartbreaking. Even to see a robot go through it, to see that first—it's the first time we see him emote, for lack of a well, better so, term. So, what's, what's, what's the
0: what's the thing that's heartbreaking about it, though? I mean, the, you've kind of talked around
2: it because he wants to be that so bad. He has joy telling him you're special you should have a name even though that's what she does the world around him is starting to point towards that that little seed of a thought that's in his head and it's yeah. all starting to point to be like no this is real this is you you are the one who hasn't wanted to be the most you know who hasn't wanted to be the the star of the show the star of the movie the the most important your story is always the most important and he thinks he's that thing for a much wider scale all of a sudden and As he's searching these things out, he's only finding more things that make him believe it further. He goes to meet what he thinks is his father without ever acknowledging it. Like he goes off script totally to the point where he's being arrested and pulled in and and fails his baseline. This guy who is fucking laser straight suddenly is failing his baseline. His boss is giving him 24 hours to get his shit together or she can't save his ass. And because he lies to her, He's gone off his and He's gone off his protocol because he believes. He has hope. He believes. These are not so he, things that are so, not associated with somebody with free will to be able to pursue them. Well, I just, just real quick, Ty, I'm sorry. Don't think we've cl- just painted the
0: single line of he thinks that he is the only replicant that's ever been born of a other replicant. Mm hmm. I don't know that we painted that that line perfectly and and that carpet is pulled out from under him after it's been set up for about a well, half he's, an hour. He's
1: also visibly frustrated because he knows he can't prove it either. Mm-hmm. He understands sure. that it's something that he wants to be true, yeah. that there's reasonable evidence to, to give him the hope that it is true. Mm-hmm. Why this is such a great story about in terms of his journey is – so that happens. He's given that hope. He's ramped up. Okay. And then we get to the turn where that all falls apart and he realizes that's not him. Then the question is, what does he do? What would a good man do? It's not just about him being a human or not human. It's about him being a good person. And what does next step does he take? Is it to fall back into just doing what he's told or is it to make a move and sort of finish becoming the good man that he's been imagining himself to be Mm -hmm. up until this point. Mm -hmm. And so he, in that moment where he's sort of, I guess confronted with the advertisement for joy and she comes down and calls him a Joe. That's a moment that would break a lot of men and turn them to just it, and, you know, do move, make the asshole move or or just get, fill him with enough despair of where he just went back to on track to where he was before, or just end it. But yeah. he decides at that point, I'm going to use the rest of my life here to do the right thing.
2: Yeah, the advice he gets from Freya is that the most human thing you can do is to, you know, commit and die, potentially die for a cause that's bigger than yourself, and that's not what a programmed Nexus Six. Is built to do but he is in uncharted territory and he got there because of the path that
1: uh, so, this
2: potential discovery dragged him down
1: and i like uh, that she added for a cause or at least change that because that's kind of a that's a sort of an extension of a of a famous quote where i've heard in the past the most human thing to do is is to is to just die which makes no sense so, like obviously just dying any anything can do but and we have to do, but to, to try to be something before that is the important part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a great arc, a different arc than Harrison Ford. And that's why I just like it. it, it and it's, and it's the right arc for the movie, considering what it is. And um, to be, it's a borderline miracle that a movie like this got made in 2017 and they pulled that off because it had I'm sure there were many people trying to steer this into the disaster. It could have been.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Probably trying to commercialize it. Right. And for them to finish a
1: Harrison Ford arc. Yeah. And do a whole new arc with another character. And for both of them to work and feel, I feel good about both of them. Astonishing. Uh, Like, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it gives me great hope that he's doing the next Dune movie. Although, saw the trailer and – second trailer just came out today. Yeah, I don't know if I'm feeling it anymore, but we'll, <laughs> we'll give it a shot. Dan,
2: you smirked a little bit. Me and Ty are going off here because we obviously really like this and we like the – Well, I don't want to get in the way of, of a circle, Jerk. It, but guys- I saw <laughs> – I saw – It's not a circle if it's just me and him jerking each other <laughs> off. You need to be involved and quite frankly, you don't even have your pants off yet. I want to know <laughs> why your belt is so tight. Like, let's hear it. <laughs>
0: I just I, – I don't know. I, I didn't find um, – like, again, there were a number of things that I thought were really, really strong in the movie. But I think it was um, – maybe it was just a result of me having to do it across three viewing sessions. Like, I almost fell asleep during one of them. So, I wasn't wowed. There seemed to be important plot points like the blackout that I just missed. Um, and, and maybe it's cause I'm used to being spoon fed, important backstory information. And when they just dribble it out there, that's not the case. It's not like game of Thrones where you have five seasons to figure shit out. You know, you, you've, well, you've only got two, two and three quarters hours to figure this one out. But, um,
1: yeah, you're I, allowed I to don't just know. not be in the right frame of mind for, look, there's plenty of movies that people insist that have told me a thousand times are beautiful, excellent movies that I just, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't care less about. So yeah. I know what you're feeling. I get <laughs> but it. People, but people it, there it. insist to
2: me that Big Bang Theory is one of the funniest shows of all show, all time, and I don't False. think I've ever laughed twice at it. False. Like it's, yeah. I just don't find it funny. <laughs> and you, just th- certain things just aren't for you. It's art. It's it's interpretive. It's eye of the beholder. Yeah. Um.
0: I've I've uh. So And you're so blind. Jess has been watching. Uh, one of the shows is atypical. In this is a Netflix original, mm-hmm. and I want you to. I want you to picture. Big Bang Theory, as unfunny as it is, just without the jokes. So that's atypical. So Jim G- watches it too. Yeah. In, I'm sure it's just a fucking thrill a minute over there. That's yeah. Um, so, anyways, I, there, like I say, there were there were a number of things in this movie that I thought were terrific, and there were a couple that I just didn't care for. Um, and I think I think one of them is actually, you know, there there's a there's a very squeamish moment in there where. Um, uh, Jared Leto's character, which we've kind of alluded to, he he basically guts, he he basically slices the stomach of this essentially full-grown woman who happens to be a brand-newborn infant mm-hmm. replicant, and so I mean, you know, there's usually a moment in a, in, a, in a movie where somebody saves a dog or they're nice to a dog, and that's how you know who the good guy is, but <laughs> they. They will actively remove violence against women out of movies because audiences make – it makes them very fucking uncomfortable. So if you combine a full-grown woman with the concept of an infant and just gut it and let it drop on its own weight and bleed out, like that was very, very uncomfortable. And I know know it's supposed to be. Do you know why he gutted her? Maybe because she did did or didn't have a womb. One of the two. She did not.
2: Yeah, he's yeah, trying to he's trying to reproduce uh, replicants that can give birth, and she was a test. She didn't work. That's why they're so Does, focused on finding. the Doesn't
0: baby. make it more palatable. Yeah. It, it was just it was one of those you know, and like I say, so they actively take the shit out of movies, and I know, understand that it's part of the plot here, but that was like one of those things where it's like, did we have to do that? That it was like. Ugh. I like I just didn't care for it, uh, sure. but but that was just that was like the thing in the movie I think I really didn't care for, and I and again I know why it's there I know why it's important, but it was it was I guess it was effective use of violence because
2: it's kind of the equivalent of shoving your fist up a blue woman's asshole.
1: It like didn't need to be there.
2: <laughs> it's close to get some stones out.
1: I think uh, mm-hmm. while we're talking it about needed that, needed Chris Tucker. That's what this movie needed. <laughs> we should at least spend uh, a minute or two on just talking about. Um, love the character, uh, his right hand man, is Dan referred to her. Um, played by Sylvia Hoax, I guess her name is? Yes. A um, replicant. Again. I, yeah, I found her. Wait, is a replicant? No. <laughs> love. Sylvia. Love is a replicant. Yeah, played by Sylvia. Replicants um, aren't real, Dan.
2: Hold on. Did you think this was a documentary?
1: <laughs> this maybe. All makes sense. Maybe. Just because I think that she played a great example as what you do if you pop. Because I mean, imagine I, I just I like I like to imagine how they manufactured her to be the ruthless, um, dirty work doer for this Wallace guy, mm-hmm. and I think she just plays that well, like borderline psychotic. Yes, but driven and seems to be like hopelessly attached to whatever the will of Wallace is. Yes. And I think she just played it really well. And she just does a good job of looking like she's borderline about to snap the entire movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's got that fucking wild look on her eyes. Uh, right. She's ready and this, to go. Yeah.
1: And also in control in certain scenes, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, putting the mask up for interacting with other people when necessary. But when she knows she's about to off you, she does. She just doesn't care anymore. And it's just uh, – for a thin woman, you know, I, I, I give a lot of guff in a lot of movies where – you know, thin wavy comes up and just starts kicking the shit out of dudes. You um, he believed but, her. Yeah. I bought it <laughs> in this case. Like, you do not want to turn your back on this chick. Before we she, breeze
2: past it, Ty, are you saying that there's still a mask mandate in 2049? You said she has to put <laughs> her mask back on. To her. <laughs> she does a good job with it.
1: Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Moving, on. Moving on. She uh, she does a great job and very believable as somebody you do not want to piss off. And uh, yes, props you know, to her. It and we're introduced
2: to her. we're introduced to her in a very Rachel-like fashion where she's hosting this sales meeting about, oh, you're running a, a mining call and you don't worry about emotion and stuff on these replicants you're going to buy from us. She's in the middle of a meeting and then she gets a notification that Kay is or someone is accessing Rachel's file. So it's been flagged. I don't know why you wouldn't just fucking get rid of it at that point. Um, you're in control of these things. Someone in the is in the archives looking at a file that alerts her on her computer. And then we see her go down in her suit. Oh, let's see if there's anything else we can show you, officer. And she's helpful seemingly at first. But then the more uh, Kay gets into this um, story of trying to identify and find this child, uh, she also gets – the same instruction from Wallace that Kay did to do the same thing. And she's almost more his direct uh, antagonist to, to him than Wallace. But she, you, you learn how much of her ruthlessness is directly copied and influenced by Wallace. She kisses people when she kills them because he does that to that replicant when she does uh, kill, she believes that she has killed uh, someone. She guts him with a knife. The only mm. things – physical violence that we've seen Wallace commit, she immediately repeats the first chance she gets. Mm. She wants – her her program is to do nothing more mm. than make this man happy. Daddy's little girl. Yeah, daddy's little girl. 100%. But there's
1: also the layer to her when she's speaking to Robin Wright's uh, police chief cop character there where she – you can tell she's invested in the idea of a replicant having a child as well. Yes, she um, knows. Which is a great layer because, because she has that hope too. Yes. Um, and she's clearly stricken with despair over it almost um, because she's very, very upset with the idea that uh, Robin Wright offed the thing.
2: Mm-hmm. And she points out too, uh, you think we don't lie? You think we can't lie? Mm-hmm. You, th- you know, you think we're just these uh, perfectly programmed robots. I'm going to tell them you shot at me first, and that's why I killed you.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's interesting. Like, yeah, she's she- got a deviant,
2: uh, deviant not just within uh, the traditional sense, but that deviant free will robot aspect that she's not supposed to have is present in her as well. The same way Kay discovers it.
1: Yeah. She, there's an element, which she doesn't want to be where she is. And there's a hope that she doesn't have to be maybe one day if this child is real, you know what I mean? Like I find that all interesting anyway, and very well played by her. And the other yeah. thing I wanted to person, I want to give a shout out to was shout CG out. Sean Young, uh, making a return as <laughs> Rachel. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! When Wallace trots her out as a oh, little character for well Harrison done. Ford to um, to sort of uh, you know come around. Now, yeah, I I, I agree with Dan's headcock when uh, Craig said, "Well done." It wasn't mm. great. It I was think okay. they deep faked it better today if they tried to do that. But it wasn't yeah. certainly as a purely CG face, one of the better ones. Um, it was. Here's the thing that I thought about it. Why I thought it
2: was good. I thought she looked like she was pulled directly out of an '80s movie. You know what I mean? I think mean? they did, I, but I don't. I, to think be honest was, with you, I think she was meant to stand out and be like a memory version. You know what I mean? Yeah, where mm. she's not supposed to be a perfectly clean, and that's just kind of how I took it. That's there's a, that's a moment me. when
1: she's walking toward the camera, where I feel like they actually transitioned the scene from the old movie that they mm-hmm. sort of remastered in a way into a CG model. Because it does look, it looks real, 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 real. And then it gets to a certain point to the camera and she makes a certain facial expression. Not Mm. real. And um, the fact that it looked real for a period at that time is, to be honest, quite good for them. They could have done it. As soon as deepfake stuff gets into filmmaking, I think there's some hesitancy to it. um, They're going to be able to fix a lot of this stuff because... There's stuff that people have put on YouTube that is more realistic than some movies now. But uh, I did some looking in. I, I kind of went down a rabbit hole for Sean Young because she was obviously a very popular actress in the 80s and early 90s. Uh, she was in Doom. Uh, she was in Blade Runner, obviously. And she was mm-hmm. in several subsequent films. Um, but apparently uh, she was going to be um, Vicki Vale in the Bat- Keaton Batman movie. Did you guys yeah, know this? Really? She was riding a horse – and Keaton was there. Apparently this had something to do with the film and she broke her uh, bone in her shoulder. Ugh. And then they got uh, Kim Basinger to, uh, to do
2: Bassenger?
1: it. Yeah. And then apparently, so that happened and she went back to them when they were making the second one, she wanted to play Catwoman. They wouldn't see mm-hmm. her. And apparently she barged into a, a executives meeting and said, I think you can see me for five minutes because I broke my arm for the last movie. And uh, apparently that got her blacklisted. <laughs> and then James Woods sued her for stalking him and then dropped the suit. So Holy the poor Jesus. woman went through the ringer in the 90s and, uh, and then never really made it back out. But she was involved in the um, and then bringing her back for the scene. Uh, a model played her. Mm-hmm. And Sean Young was there consulting. And then they obviously CG'd the face. <laughs> doesn't um, look like me. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, but it was <laughs> nice that they brought her in because she genuinely seemed Cox like, um, uh, speaking of Letterman, Letterman uh, quite liked her and kept bringing her back on the show. And and one sad instance brought her back on the show so she could just sort of say, I'm, I'm open for work, which is really difficult to watch. Yikes. <laughs> Easy. Um, so shout out uh, – to Sean Young, she deserved better, I think, than what she got. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. Although at the Thanks same time, I wouldn't say that uh,
2: she was like the tenth best thing about the first movie, in my opinion. Anyway, like yeah,
1: I remember she was we very had some generic, but I think she was written badly. Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. In in a particular way, like as was the probably the what was going to happen in that time. Anyway, I mean it's yep. Yep. better and than you know, average. Probably,
2: secretary kind of. Yeah, and yeah, who knows? Uh, with all the cuts, undercover spy, cuts and changes that went that that thing went through. What yeah. it was ever really supposed to be, we know what it ended yeah. up as, and you know, it
0: was interesting. <laughs> we well, you know I know one of the eight versions it ended up as. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Did you guys yeah. hear? Uh, just uh, I'm kind of filling up my anecdotes here. Did you guys hear that Ridley Scott uh, was kind of upset with this movie? <laughs> no, no. So, um, when it came out, in an interview, he kind of angrily ranted that. Um, It was way too long. So, Danny point Dan. (laughs) Thank you. But he said that he came up with uh, most of the script as well. So, he was pissed off about that. So, he he said that most of these ideas in the film were his. He later changed that. He revised it to several plot points in this movie were from his draft for the uh, sequel to Blair. Him and
0: Joseph Campbell, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. So, um so, yeah, Ridley Scott, uh, pissing on uh, 2049. There you, cool, go. I,
0: you know, I can't imagine a director that builds something like the first one that had somebody else do the second one that would be, you know, waving the flag for it. I, yeah, I just yeah, don't probably. see that happening. I think he was probably. just jealous
1: that somebody did a way better sequel to Blade Runner than he did for Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Oh. Yeah, could shut up if, I could, if
2: I could touch quickly before we move on we uh, with the uh, – Baseline testing, which I found fascinating, the concept of the baseline test and the uh-huh. the difference between what what did they call the first one the Voigt comp Voigt test versus this baseline testing, which are completely opposite approaches. Um, the Voigt comp test well, There's different was purposes though. I think different. Yeah, one was one was to identify, and they're trying to draw. Uh, the emotional response, right? Or trying, it's an empathy test. And this is like an mm. anti-empathy test. They want to make sure you
1: don't. Provocation, yeah.
2: Yeah, that <clears throat> nothing that's said is going to trigger your brain into an emotional response, uh, train of thought that is going to distract you from your immediate trained response uh, to that test. I did do a little looking into where the language of the test came from because I, I was like, what does all of this mm. mean? And it's from a book called Pale Fire, uh, by a guy, Vladimir uh, Nabokov. And the book actually makes an appearance in the movie. You remember Joy holds up a, mo- a book in uh, early on her first scene. She says, oh, do you want to read? You hate reading. She's like, oh yeah, chucks it. That's the book, which I thought huh. was kind of a, a neat little thing. Nice. Uh, the book is uh, essentially a continuous, multiple hundred line poem. Oh. Uh, and part of it is uh, about a, well, here, I wrote some stuff down and I'm just going to read it quick. I'm sorry. I hate to just read, but there's, I found this section really uh, interesting. They pulled this uh, from the section of the book that is selected as the poet describing a near death experience within the poem. It's about 700 lines into the poem, which continues for another several hundred lines after this. The section of the poem is, uh, I'm not going to read it because whatever, cells interlinked. You guys remember all of that. Um a reasoning why it's that line specifically, the main character of the poem has that near-death experience and sees a vision of a white fountain. Uh, later on, he reads another poem where the author details something similar with a near-death experience and a similar vision of a white fountain, and he takes that as proof of an afterlife. After seeking out the author, he finds that it was a misprint and it was meant to say white mountain. This ties in with Kay's misunderstanding of him being the chosen one. He sees the two and you know, correlation. Corals- cor- what's the saying? Correlation, cor. You know, I'm correlation. correlation, correlation is, is, not is not causation. The naturally, bir- he's not the naturally birth replicant. Uh, both misinterpreted their realities, which led to anger, frustration, etc. And kind of the next step in their journey to becoming uh, something, mm. something more. So it, it, it did. The story itself even took some inspiration from the poem that was used mm. for baseline, which I, well, I found pretty fascinating. I love this movie now. Greg, you just helped me love this movie. <laughs> I bet you Dan's
0: going to love our next episode. All right. So let's do some credits here, gentlemen. Well, um, we're going la- to let that just riveting tale of an author that had a typo inspiring this movie uh, <laughs> be the last <laughs> moment.
2: <laughs> I feel like that's a week close. Well, you know. This movie's a nine out of 10 for me. Dan, take all you give my- it? Let's, let's give it a ranking, Dan i give it a seven. Just to put a bow. A seven? I'd give it a seven. Seven and a half, yeah. At a 10, what do you got?
1: If, if Dan's reaction is worth a seven, then I think I have to give it a 10.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan threw off my scale too. I'm like, he's only two points lower than me? I would <laughs> oh, yeah, tell you. Know? Right. Well, I can be reasonable. <laughs> Jesus. Dan has never um, seen a four ever. There's a sh- there's a shit in his front yard. That's a five right now. <laughs> all right, well,
0: gentlemen, thank you for all your considered comments for this. And if you have a considered comment for us, send it to the Mary. If you're listening, send it. Send your message to the corn tigers. New I listener. got a new email, pal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that at gmail.com. Um, I'm assuming we don't have a G's mail for today. No, which is just fine. We'll uh, we'll try to catch She's on alive the next and well. one. She is. She is. All right. Uh, so uh, music from this episode is going to be from uh, Incompetech.io. Filmmusic.io. That's what it is. Kevin McLeod's likely written some of them. Uh, Phil, or this is written and produced by Ty Roberts, Craig Report, and myself, Dan Hurt. Uh, Ty Roberts, also the best boy grip. And um, Zapsplat provides sound effects for us for this. And... Um, Well, thank you guys very much for coming. And we hope to uh, see you again soon. If you stick around after the credits here, you're going to see a great scene with Iron Man and Thor, or hear a poem from me.
2: A system of cells interlinked. (laughs) Within cells interlinked. (laughs) Within cells interlinked. (laughs) Within one stem.
0: In a story that has almost zero smiles, a protagonist travels hundreds of miles in a flying car with a fake girlfriend taking us all to a drawn-out sad end. Do we all simply fulfill our own destinies, each digging our boxes from beneath our dead trees? What about all the choices we make? Some of us give, while others just take. Should Harrison's Deckert win Dad of the Year? or be called out to account for running in fear. And the spiteful blind God played by one Jared Leto who thinks gutting women like fish is pretty darned neato. Fine, we get it, you're a billionaire creep, but you're controlling the lights like a dad who's way cheap. LT Robin Wright, not to be outdone. Fishing if Kay would like to get some. Sure, the buildings are big and the cars can all fly, but the replicants make me wish they could cry with enough baggage for a box full of tissues, and that's just the abandonment and daddy issues.
1: Seven out of ten. Six. <laughs>